and we are back. Six pack lap it up, Paul Marizan. Another day, another podcast. Another day, another podcast. Today we're both a little bit faded. faded. A little bit. It's a little bit of a, a weekend of trying to live like a rock star once again for me. So Five, five weeks. Uh, not a drop of alcohol for me. Shedding some weight. Me too. Yeah, for five <laughs> weeks straight of alcohol for you. Uh, trying to shed weight, and uh, five weeks straight, not a drop of alcohol, hitting, I got a Fitbit, 15,000 steps a day, it's working. I was never a Fitbit guy. Kathleen was a Fitbit, all over Fitbit, and at the end of the day, she'd be like walking around the house to get her last like 500 steps and shit, and I was like, but I would just use the GPS and be like, I'll do a 4K walk. Thing is, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, man, like throughout your day, you could get all your steps in. It doesn't have to be consolidated into one walk, two walks, or sometimes it's just more practical to get, like, look, at, I got 10 minutes. I'm going to walk a shitload right now. Even if you're at the office, get up, walk around, do whatever the shit. I guess. I guess if you look at it that way, I don't know. I still find it so... It works, man. I'm telling you, it's like in real life, in real life, you, like, as long your body doesn't give a shit if your 15,000 steps were recorded in a 4K walk and another 4K walk, or if they are recorded like throughout the day, it just get the steps in, just as long as your body's moving. And what I noticed, there's some days where I'll do my 4K walk and my 4K walk, and I'm far short of 15,000 steps. Still not far short, but I'm short of it. And if I would have just been the guy who's like, just well, I did both my walks, I've been doing my walks, why am I losing weight? But there, I, there is I a guess, yeah, there. It's, it's like tracking your macros and everything else. It's yeah. It's yeah. good to have that accountability and that push. You're like, oh, like I'm way low today. Like you're gonna, yeah, yeah. Like it's for sure. Like, like I don't want to do this my whole life. Yeah. But to make this weight, to make 83 kilo, <clears throat> I easily I walk around 200 pounds. Period. Normal. Yeah, 200 pounds uh, on on a, a 200 pounds on a very light day. <laughs> and then is what you were walking around at. And then um, so for me to make 83 kilo, fuck man, I gotta get I gotta get for real. Yeah, apparently I gotta do the same thing to make 75 kilo. It's it gets yes. tough. The longer you're in the weight class, you know, it gets tougher and tougher. So, and I'm like, I start to look more and more cut up the closer I get. I'm in like the mid 190s and um, like, like Brett's messages and said, fuck me. It looks like you're starting to get trim again. I'm like, I got another five pounds to go. Like I'm going to yeah. get like, it'll get, it's going to be to make 83 kilo, man. But uh, it is. And again, that's not to actually weigh in at 83 kilo. That's to weigh in at like. I'll be in the 190s. Yeah. Yeah. I got a big water cut coming. Yeah, let's, let's see what the fuck so, happens. That's a cute water cut. What's that? That's a cute water cut. For you, cut. it's not. <laughs> for you, that's, that's, that's lightweight. You could water cut from where I'm at right now. But, uh, uh, I just won't suggest it anymore. No, <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. But, uh, yeah, man, so last night was fucking crazy. Um, got pretty goddamn drunk. CPAP paid dividends. If you ever drink and don't put your CPAP on when you need it, you wake up the next day like absolute trash. Wore my CPAP, I don't feel too bad. But holy shit, did I get drunk last night and have a good time. And for those of us who don't have a CPAP, we just don't go to bed. That's what that, that's it's, true it's too. It's an aggressive choice. That's true too there, Playboy. And whoever's <laughs> um into rap music, Eminem is in a came back, dropped a surprise album, and basically just dissed everybody. And then everybody's like, uh, Machine Gun Kelly dissed them back. And for the first time in like ever, for a long time, people are just like sleeping through rap music because it wasn't about lyrics, it was about cheesy, you know, what color of hair you are, emo rappers tattooing their faces and get looking yeah. 
they look weird as fuck. But when you hear their songs, it's like, I don't know what the fuck they're, they're not doing any kind of wordplay or any kind of shit. No, like, it's, yeah. They're, they're not lyricists by any means. No one gives a shit about their lyrics. Whereas, um, Simon so M. like, this is garbage. Came back, dropped that album. A lot of people said, look at man, you're, you're a middle-aged man and you don't get these 20-year-olds. You're not supposed to because you're middle-aged. You're not supposed to get what they're doing. Well, I get what they're saying. It happens every generation, middle-aged men don't get it. Yeah. But on the flip side, you do get whether or not there's any lyrics involved. Or It's like, I, even 20-year-olds will still say an artist. Like, yeah, it's not he's still an artist. <laughs> and even 20-year-olds are saying like, yeah, these, these guys aren't doing nothing in terms of the lyrics. Like, yeah. they're, 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 show me some wordplay or whatever. Like, the 20-year-olds, like Caffrey, who, Caffrey's 24, and he's yeah. like, yeah, they're hot garbage. I gotta listen to older shit because... It's just the last few years. It's garbage. And you see that more and more these days. You're seeing more of these bigger, old artists come back all of a sudden. Everyone's like, Cause they can't. fuck, like, these guys are amazing. Where yeah. have they been? Yeah. Well, a lot and of guys... just been in the music scene? Younger guys all of a sudden are getting turned on to some of these, old, yeah. these older guys. And um, So anyways, Eminem comes back. Machine Gun Kelly, who actually can like write lyrics and is good, answered back. And it was a really good diss track when he answered back. So now... Everybody, and look at Eminem dropped an album last summer. No one gave a fuck. No, now, I listened to it and I, I skated by yeah, it. And, and I love Eminem, but I was like, yeah, yeah. didn't do nothing for me. Now, everybody in the mother is like, I can't wait until he drops his next song and replies back to Machine Gun Kelly. Everybody in the mother are listening to the lyrics and dissecting, oh, did you hear that disc? Did you hear that wordplay for this disc? Total role reversal for rap music. Now everyone's listening to music, listening to the lyrics, and can't wait. For Eminem's next single to drop, and everyone's talking about it and a buzz about it. Whereas last summer, nobody gave a fuck about lyrics, no one gave a fuck about Eminem. Yeah. And if he dropped the single, no one would give a fuck. Eminem, if if nothing else, it was a marketing genius. Because now we're all waited with bated breath for his next one. Oh yeah, I know. It's I mean, obviously the guy knows marketing, he knows yeah. the music, he knows how to sell himself. And he was and like, it's awesome to see him come back and start doing shit like this. Exactly. Again. And here's the thing, he's like, it doesn't matter what the fuck happens to me. I'm already the GOAT. He's, I've been doing this for like 25 years. Yeah. Since the 90s, he's been like multi-platinum. If I win or lose a rap battle, that's not going to change my yeah, no, legacy. Exactly. Like, I'm, I am the, I, he came in the game rap battling at the Rap Olympics, like the whole 8 Mile story yeah. we all know about. Yeah, exactly. He's already got the movie <clears throat> written about him. He's got... It is what it is, man. Nobody, in the, in the grand scheme of things, in 20 years, people are going to be reciting this Machine Gun Kelly beef. But it's fun. And um, he's probably going to do this. I don't know how long. He's 45, eh? I don't know how long he wants to do this shit. Here's, here's one thing that some people are saying. How long do artists keep putting out music? Eventually, the Rolling Stones stop making new music and just keep playing their old shit. Well, I mean, at some point, you have, as, if you're going to up to that level, you almost have to, right? Like, if you're going to go on a... If you're the Stones and you're touring, nobody gives a shit about hearing your new... Your new shit. Yeah, nobody gives a yeah. shit. They, they don't want to fucking hear it. You get angry at it because you want to go in and hear the greatest hits. You want to hear the songs you grew up with. Hey, everybody. Here's a song we wrote last week. Fuck you. Yeah. Play, play the, you know, no matter who you are, whatever bands, eventually it's like, we don't give a shit about the no. music. It uh, takes a special band to actually be able to continue that. I, I can't even think of off the top of my head. It's anyone only, was like 60 and put out new shit that anyone cares about. There's few and far between, like. It's just play your old shit. Yeah. So eventually. Green Day's kind of pulled it off, somehow. Eventually. But that's because they got, somehow got into the younger crowd. Yeah. Eventually Eminem's going to be in that role. I don't think yet, obviously, his last album, everybody's already all on it. But eventually it'll be like, listen, man, you could tour probably forever because so many generations now are on you. Like this generation now is on them. Uh, in the 90s, the guy's multiplying, like I was saying. So you think of how many generations in between uh, in terms of music listeners, it goes like generations yeah. go quick. Um, 
So he could start touring forever, but eventually he's gonna have to, he'll be stopping on the soon. Oh, you would. He's gonna. He can't say the same shit. He's gonna have to. He doesn't have to do shit. As yeah, he doesn't like, have to do shit. But, but you know what? Saying the same thing over and no. over. No. It's already been said. I also like that this now has become a music podcast. We're no longer doing King of the Lips. That's right. It's <laughs> well, I like doing every now and then. I like to talk about some current events. Like it's not like we yeah, live in a bubble. Just it can't just be uh, no, but like some people will will ask too, and it's like <clears throat> we we yeah. I mean, whatever's relevant, you got to bring it up. Yeah. You can't pretend. You know what I mean? That nothing's. Well, it's your podcast. You can do whatever the hell you want. Whatever the fuck, man. If people don't know this, I'm naked right now. I'm naked right now. I know it, unfortunately. Yeah, you know it. And you were a little comfortable coming in, but you but, you go with you jab. You know what? I'm all, I'm also naked. Yeah. <laughs> but, I just went with the flow. You went with the flow. It's naked. Naked Sundays. Good. But uh, okay, so today we have um, Daniel Pauly, who uh, is a Swiss lifter, IPF world champion in the M1s. 105 kilo coach since 2000. Talk about Eminem. Talk about a, a wily yeah. veteran like like our boy M. He's been coaching since 2005. So how long has he been lifting? I don't know. That's what his Instagram says. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing this cat is might also be from the 90s. I it's yeah. Um. So he's world champion. Been killing it, and he's also on uh, Strength Wars. The YouTube series, which really got me which intrigued, is awesome. If nobody's, if somebody listening to this podcast hasn't watched it, check it out. You know what? They actually killed it. Uh, they figured out. So they got Strength Wars, a YouTube series. They bring in some guys. Some of them look like fucking WWE guys. They wear masks yeah. and shit, whatever. They have like this. They showed a picture, like a profile versus, and they show another profile picture, and they look these jacked up dudes staring each other down, like a WWE or MMA style stare down profile and they come into this little like arena and they're doing what is it squats for reps yeah they're doing push press for reps yeah they're doing some major compound for reps, lifts for for reps yeah. toe to toe and then you move on to the next station and it's all wraps up within like how many minutes like five minutes or something yeah something like that but it's, it's toe been to toe since I've watched it so I can't completely remember it, but yeah it's, we'll, we'll definitely ask yeah. uh, Paul here but it's toe-to-toe action though. Yeah. And um it like in the crowd is there live yelling and cheering and these guys are like because it's for reps, dudes are like puking and giving yeah. it and it's like it's really entertaining. Yeah. They packaged it. Well I so remember well. one of the episodes I remember watching was he had um I can't remember who the bodybuilder and the powerlifter were, but I remember it was Robert Forstman, who's a track cyclist, and just this guy's got the fucking biggest quads probably on anything. Yeah. And they're all repping out 500 on squats. Yeah, it's fine. It was, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, it's so, it's, it, yeah, these guys package. So not only is it entertaining, man, it, like, it, it took off mainstream. You know, powerlifting, we have about 100,000 people who powerlift around the world. The views on this thing is like 1.5 million yeah. an episode. So way bigger beyond the powerlifting crowd. This, this should hit me. No, you're screen. hitting every single sport, basically. And that's every yeah. single major strength related. It's uh, and, and then some, uh, you know, these, this, when it's 1.5 million, people are watching that don't lift weights at all. They just find, yeah, it, they just find it entertaining. Cause it is. that's really the biggest struggle we got in powerlifting is look, you could get, um, for your streams and all the rest of it, people who are like into powerlifting or do it at least casually. But how do you get somebody who on a Sunday morning is a dad with two kids having a beer, watching TV and wants to watch powerlifting. That's very difficult. What dad's having a beer on Sunday morning? Hey, the, the, my dad. <laughs> you don't have bad, kids. Makes, yeah, actually, you know what? That makes sense. But uh, two kids, I'd be having beer every time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, the football dad. Yeah. Football dad. So I know what you mean. The, but, uh, so 
these guys actually captured that, like the, the mainstream market, who don't give a fuck about like who don't actually themselves oh, like, power lift. It's like the American Gladiator generation. Yes, who are like who yeah. will watch it? Yeah, and um, that for a long time, it's like how do we capture that market? If if you can capture that market, you're rocking and rolling. So they did it. Uh, I want to talk to Polly about that as well. Just like the backgrounds and, and how they put it all together. So anyways, without further ado, let's give my man's a ring. Oh, how, how, first off, how you feeling today, sir? I'm feeling good, feeling good. Thank you. Not bad, not bad. Not, not bad over here. But, uh, I'm a little hungover, but we'll get by. We'll get by. <laughs> not our first rodeo. Um, what time is it in your phone? What time is it? 11.20 a.m. Oh, okay. So you have more of the day than I have. I have almost to the yeah, five thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are uh, yeah, you guys are like six hours difference over there. I'm from in Canada, what? That's right. Oh. Uh, and you're from it's uh Switzerland. Yeah, Zurich, Switzerland. It's not uh, the capital, but Zurich is the biggest uh, city in uh, Switzerland. How many people? Live, how many people live in your city? Uh, I think around 450,000. Oh, wow. It's not small. <laughs> nope. How many people live in Switzerland altogether? Uh, 8.2 million. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's a decent size. Because Switzerland's not a big, <laughs> geographically on the map, it's not a big country, right? Oh, really, it's like 40,000 uh, 40, square kilometers. And what's, what's a little bit of, because I don't know much about Switzerland, and I'm, I'm betting a lot of our listeners might not. So what are some of like, the big sports in Switzerland? Yeah, for sure, tennis. Oh, is it? Yeah, I brought you Federer, you know, we have him. Oh, we have yeah, I didn't know he Swiss. I didn't know that. Federer, okay, shit. Okay. Yeah, we get second in the uh, hockey, ice hockey, yeah. against uh, four months ago. On the world championship, so Switzerland is really good in ice hockey. Uh, what have we? We have uh, skiers. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. We have some mountain bikers now. They get, they won like European championships. Yeah. Um, when you guys are in like school, or not? Are those the sports you guys play most? Like, how did you end up? Like, is weightlifting big in Switzerland? It's, it's, it's starting to get bigger, but it's small. It's like, you know, we don't have this uh, high school uh, sports space, you know, like with the track and field. Uh, maybe we have in Zurich, we have five track and field, yeah. 400 meters, the whole city. And we have a lot, a lot of gymnastic halls, but we don't have this like football or, it's, it's not the same like in your country, maybe. It's, it's small, it's not. They don't push you to be a sporter. They push you to be a worker. Ah, gotcha. So how did, how did you end up, like growing up, what sports did you play? Were you always weightlifting or? No, no, I played like soccer. And then uh, I enjoyed handball. It's like handball. Oh, Is it basketball? Is it basketball? <laughs> okay. No, ball where you, where you throw it into a goal. It's like. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Yeah, you got it? I don't know in English. It's, I will find it out later. Then uh, volleyball, and uh, then I started to do just normal strength uh, training in a, in, a, in a gym. Yeah. I didn't want to. My twin sister pulled me into the gym. She said, you have to do something. You stop doing sport for one year. And I was 16 and a half. And she said, 
come back into the sport, do something, and now it's 24 years of training. So. And who was this? This was your mom? What? Who was this that pulled you into the gym? My twin sister. Oh, you, you oh. got a twin sister. Uh, we trained together, and she stopped after three months, and I didn't stop for 24 years, so I'm happy. <laughs> still going. <laughs> oh, man, this, this is really funny, because I said, I don't know. I don't like strength training in my, how do you say, I couldn't imagine that it's something, uh, something nice. As soon as I touched the machine and the dumbbells, I was like, I was down, I was, it was like an infection. <laughs> yeah, so that's it, you're hooked on it and you caught the bug. Yeah. So from, uh, from weightlifting at 16 and a half, how did you discover powerlifting? Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, a special, how do you say I was I was strength for strength. I was a strengther. Uh, 100 meters. Till uh, 35. And I was training like very heavy in the gym, you know, like I thought it was explosive, but it was not. It was 200 and something kilo in the deadlift. And then the Swiss champion came to me in powerlift. He was Swiss champion in powerlift then. He said, why don't you try powerlift? Why do you spring? Because you're heavy. <laughs> I said, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I was around 98 kilo and everything. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. that's huge for a sprint. Yeah, that's uh, 98 kilo. That's um, you're almost 220. Yeah, that would be a big jacked up sprinter, sir. You should see, you should see me sprint. I would look like a dinosaur. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I made it on 11.4 seconds on 100. It's not fast, but I felt I'm flying. Yeah, yeah. So then, then tried powerlifting and then I said, what is it? I really, I didn't knew it. What I did instantly was I did always these three lifts like squat, bench, deadlift is one of my favorites. So imagine, I didn't know what powerlifting is five years ago. And now I end up like world champion. So, so um, when, when you started powerlifting, what year would this have been? Which year? Yeah, what year was it when you started powerlifting? 13. What's that, sorry? 2013? 2013, yes. Five years. You started powerlifting in 2013? So on your profile, though, it says you're a coach in 2005. Yeah, I started with coaching. Coaching people. Yeah. For powerlifting? Or just for no, training? No, like teachers or office people or sportlers. I, I started to coach people 13 years ago, and I started with powerlifting five years ago. Ah, okay, got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so that whole time when you were weightlifting, you were squatting and deading and benching, though? Yes. I had around the 620 total, and it was just for, for pleasure. And then th this guy came up and said, why don't you start in the, in the nationals, uh, 2014, so you have another six months to prepare, and I became okay, uh, on the third place. But you know, powerlifting in Switzerland is not that high, it's not a high level thing. It's like I, I'm leading the sport in a country with 800 so yeah. it's not that. So, yeah, it's not the big thing, what I noticed when I was the, uh, commentating for the IPF World Championships. Um, you came in there and it seemed like, almost like, I, remember, I think I said something to the effect of, you're going to have to go back and test your one rep maxes because you were so, like you were so head and shoulders killing it. 
you just had to stick it in your pocket, you know, and not really overstretch, and that gold was yours. I mean, you did you realize walking in there that you'd be so far ahead? And um, what is your one rep maxes then? Yeah, no, you know that the Irish guys they coached me because I know these guys from Springboard, and I said they asked me, do you have any coach on on the on the worlds at the worlds? And they said, oh, I go, I'm coming home because the Swiss team arrived one day after my competition, so I was alone there. And then the, the Irish guys said, hey, we can we can help you with uh, like warming up and everything. And they say, don't throw on any risk, you will, you will win anyway. And I said, Yo, let's try like to be like, what do you say, calm? Yeah, yeah. I was on the squat, like 15 kilo below my PR, on the bench, uh, 20 kilo below my PR. Jesus. And on the deadlift, 25 kilo below my PR. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so you, yeah, no risks. No risk. Gonna say, but he's, you know what? But here's the thing, though. Uh, quite honestly, like when you're at the IPF World Championships, or like um, if it's a big nationals or whatever the meet is, as long as it's big, that's not the place to hit PRs. Yeah, and we've With, we've discussed this a million times. Like you can hit a PR wherever you, you could go to a local meet if you want PRs. One day of the year, you become an IPF World Champion, and from here on out, forever. Yeah. That IPF World Championship is on. No, you will always go for the podium finish. You never risk yeah. it, man. Uh, I mean, an IPF World title is very hard to get. So uh, they were right. They were right. Now we say that, but apparently you can go 20 kilos below all your PRs and still get a yeah, IPF that's World Champion. <laughs> that's a good day. I didn't know what's possible on that day, but I knew it was more. You still saw my dad at 295. Yeah. It was not that slow, so I could maybe pull 305 to 10. Um, but they, they asked me, go go for go for 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 no risk this time because they knew me. They knew me. I always uh, bombed out of the third item always because it's too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> not in the world, and they were right. They were right. But I tell you something. It's not that nice to win the world championship than to go all out. It's like you know what I mean. I wanted a higher total, and they yeah, say, yeah. you want to win or you want to have a total, or maybe you get second. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when you lay in bed at night and you picture the world championships, you picture like this monster total, everybody's shocked and they can't believe what you just put forward, or like a battle right to the end yeah. comes down to the last deadlift. You never picture in your head, IPF world championships, and, um, you know, you're, you're locking it up in your first or second attempt. <laughs> you lock it up with your warm-up. Yeah. And then you, yeah. But, I mean, so, did you expect that? Is there other 105 M1s that just didn't show to Calgary? Um, or, were, or, or is this, like, are you expecting heavier opposition in Sweden? Is there some Europeans that, you, that, you, that you're anticipating? I don't understand you, right? It's like it's not building a connection. Can you repeat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you anticipating in Sweden next year? Do you think it's going to be a lot harder, more competition that you're going to have to go all out? Uh, I go uh, in the open. I will start in the open. Oh, really. okay. Wow. I'd rather end up as, as a eight or ninth place or seventh maybe, but all out than just winning again and like my competition. I, I don't want to uh, look arrogant, but 
I, I want to look up like to Bryce Chris or Bryce Kravchik or to Christopher or whatever to see can I can I yeah. can I hunt can I hunt them somehow? I know it's not it's not possible now. Maybe in a few years, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel still uh, young. I have my PRs. It's still growing. My my strength is still growing. Forty years of age. So <laughs> let's see. To, to start again in, in, in the Masters is like, no. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing is, um, so next year the Masters and Open is together, but after that, I think they're splitting them. So I think they're gonna split it, so it's Masters have their own World Championships, and then there's the Open, and that'll be, I think, in April, and then the Open in the summertime in June. So after 2019, you actually might be able to win the Masters in April and then go go uh, scrap it out with the young fellas in June. That's that not bad. Very yeah. I talked to uh, Gaston Barrage. I, I asked him, can I do both, like Masters and Open in, in the world? He said, no, it's too risky because, uh, because of injuries. I said, look, I have one week of... of, of uh, how do you say? One week of recovery time between yeah. the mouse open. But I said I could do the mouse. I felt after the mouse, I felt like let's do it again. As you mentioned in, in, in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Well, deadlift, I, 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 did, I was walking back to the warm up zone and I told the guys I could do it again. The whole me. Well, that's an interesting concept as well. Because what? a lot of people, when they're peaking, they'll hit openers and that type of thing a week out. Yeah, and that's basically which what you is basically did. what you have to do. So it actually would line up very well programming wise. So is there anything is there anything in the rules stopping you, or was it just him saying saying he's worried that you get injured? In the rules, he said he said he wouldn't change the rules because it's too risky. I said, well, there is no science something else which is proven to say uh, you cancel two uh, competition in in one week. So there is no. There is no science, or I don't know what, or statistics. Yeah. They only said, yeah, they are very too risky to, to get injured. Yeah. I said, okay, I accept that. And he was laughing, he said like, look, you are a little bit of crazy dudes. Yeah. You see? Mr. Barras, let me pay him both. He said, no. Yeah, okay. I mean, Looking at your, looking at yours, you definitely had it in you. But like I was saying, now that the world championships are going to be split, and I totally get what you mean, where because um, you're 40 years old and you'd be looking at it as your your like window to go against guys like Bryce Lewis, Bryce Krawcheck, for Becky. It's right now. It's right now. You know, so you don't want to waste these years, right? Look, I'm so far away from this guy. But if I don't go against them, I'm not getting better. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. When I started doing powerlifting, I saw this guy in our uh, country, his name is Fred Varman. He has the 875 WPC total. And he's 42 years old. He's, he's my one of my best friends now. And as soon as I saw him on competition, I asked him, sorry, I'm new in here, can we train together? And he said, yeah, course, why and he came down from uh, Lausanne, it's 300 kilometers from Zurich, to Zurich to train with me for years now, for years. And he made me so much better. And then people, you know the haters, the haters are like, 
oh, he's, he's training with a guy from WPC, and he's an IPF, how can you team with him? I said, he makes me better. He was so much better than me. Yeah, imagine 870 total. And I said, I want to catch up. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm in the IPF world, also because of him, because of his health, because of his kicking the asses, like, come on, pull more, pull more, go, go for more, and then, now I see the guys, like, as you said, like uh, Bryce or the other, I want to catch up to them. So maybe I can, I can train with them once, but who knows? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like um, a high tide raises all boats. When, there's, when you look into a division and everybody's putting forth the numbers they're putting forth, you want, you want to train harder and yeah, you know you it's want possible. To start hitting. Yeah, it's, I swear, like, you see it in some sports where if the competition is low, there's no real incentive, and people don't even know it's possible anyways, right? Well, it's like the old, uh, the old saying, like, you can either be the strongest guy at a weak gym, or you can be the weakest guy at a strong gym yeah. as a lifter. Yeah, for sure. And which way are you going to improve more? So, so what are some of the things, did, did um, this guy you're talking about, the 870 total, who came in from uh, the WPC, what, was he helping technique-wise in training concepts as well? For me, he's, he's not a coach, but if he would be a coach, he would be the best in Switzerland because he's so behind the science and numbers and testing and statistics and technique. And he, he always wants to find a reason why is it like this or like that. He's also the first guy in Switzerland who started with the velocity-based training. You know, he has this tandem machine. Yeah, I've seen those. Yep. The old one. And he's, he, he was the first in this country to start with the BBT, and then I said, kind of try it too. Then he showed me how to do submax with, with speed, and it was amazing. When I called the first time, 320 last year, 4th of April, uh, our training cycle was 6 kilo below my max for three months. I never touched 300 kilo. And I said, I want to try it now, and I, and I could pull 320. Holy smokes. Holy it, shit. I was pulling 300 for, for, for two times in uh, 2016. And then he said, come down with the weight and go for speed. 260, 260 kilo, not more, but for speed. And then I pulled 320, like, out in the blue. What is this? It's so, amazing. So this is like a concept for people listening. Um, there is, and this is starting to move around now. So a lot of guys in the U.S. are also kind of moving on to it. It's submax and it's velocity based. So not just RPE based, how many reps did you have, but it's move the weight at a certain velocity with speed, and that's how you rev the engine and keep killing the weight. And if you can maintain velocity, speed of the ball, you go up. Not necessarily RPE because some people grind it out, but keep the speed up. You can maintain that velocity, raise the weight. You can't maintain it, stay there. Yeah. So that when you when you go heavier, um, the velocity's there, and when it slows you down, it's gonna take a shitload more weight, uh, which is an interesting way of doing it. And, um, but you need the machine to do it, correct? I guess you could eyeball it, uh, saying it looked fast, but that's difficult. Like we're talking, yeah, it's, it's so much to do. You know, we made some tests. He took away the machine, so I couldn't saw the digits, right, the numbers. Yeah. And he said, pull, and I pulled. He said, what do you think? Where are you, right? For uh, 0.46 meters per second or 0.3? I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. That's why, for me, RP makes no sense. Yeah. Because 24 years, I could, I could say 
Well, I should be able to say where I am in the, in the speed, in the, in, the, in the velocity, but I couldn't because I was uh, busy with my technique and busy recording. And between all of this, you know, I mean, uh, things going on like pulling, technique, breathing, and lifting, and uh, like uh, locking out. How can you say I felt like this or like that? For me, it's very difficult. So I like numbers. And then I bought now the push band. It's like a, it's like a sensor. Do you saw it ever? Small sensor. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought it now. It's amazing. It's three hundred forty dollars. It's not that. It's not that much. And it tells you everything, every speed and then every rep and the weight and so. So yeah, using one of those too. So that that's the thing with RPE where. Um, like you, like you had said, you could tell yourself, I think I had two reps left in me, or I think I had one rep left in me. You may or may not, sometimes you could kid yourself, you know, you're lying to yourself and you're pushing it. Whereas like you just said, the number in terms of velocity doesn't lie. You know, it, oh. if the, if the bar slowed down, why is it slowing down? You know, it's getting heavy. So, so you, you know exactly that, uh, for $340. Yeah. You get one of those, those readers. You have a metric unit, you have time. The two parameters you can cheat, you can expand them, you can shrink them. It's like a meter is always a meter, and a second is always a second. But RPE, RPE is like... Uh, uh, it's look, I, I, I tell this to young people, like 25, 30 years old. I told them, my best training were my worst... Uh, how do we say? My worst in the head before I saw training as... Today, I'm not going high with the weight. In the end of the training, I had two PR. Yeah. What was that? I wanted to stop the training because I said, no, I didn't want to start it because I feel tired, I feel shit. And then my girlfriend said, come oh, no, on, just try it, just do technique. And then it felt so light. In the end, I ended up with 300 something kilo. Where is the RP here? Yeah. This is my and sometimes you feel great, you feel like today I'm going to crush the gym, today I'm going to bend the bar and nothing goes, nothing. You can pack your stuff and you go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's true. Um, I think I actually, I think Mike Desher uses the same thing if I'm not sure. He uses video. the same thing. I believe Bryce Lewis uses it as well. Um, and they're RPE, but maybe they use both to keep their RPE in check. Yeah. You know, blending a Which little bit of both worlds. isn't a bad thing because, yeah, we all know it's easy to overshoot RP. Everybody, if you use RP, eventually it's overshot. Yeah. It is what it is. You just get excited. and um, But it's interesting, your idea, the principle of keeping sub-max and never over-pushing and just keeping that bar speed. I, I, I realized if I go down to 1 point, uh, 0.3 meters per second, I have no progression anymore. It's too heavy. So my nervous system is, is so busy, I can't recover overnight. I can't recover over many nights. It's like um, if you watch the Olympic weightlifters, if they, if they can't pull fast, they don't make any PRs. That's why they make PRs in 2.5 kilo steps, right? Yeah, yeah. 10 kilo more, it's, it's, it's too heavy. So I, 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 how do you say, I wasted a little bit of time we're training too heavy. We train like two too heavy workouts. And now I don't do this anymore because I listen to to uh, to my to my machine here. <laughs> I trust 
and I feel great. My nervous system feels great. My central nervous system, up in the morning, I feel like I'm fine, I'm good, and not like, oh shit, I'm Wow, yeah, you know what? Isn't the isn't the mathematical formula for force? That's exactly what it is. Is it not um, weight over distance by speed? And that's exactly what this thing is. Me- that's exactly what these uh, machines are measuring: is the weight over distance by the speed. So it'll tell you exactly how much force it took, um, like the force output. And if you're over revving, it, it, yeah. it completely makes sense. And now. I feel like we should probably mention we're only talking about deadlifts training with this. We're not talking about. Well, no, you can you, you do it with. You can use it for bench? squats and bench, right? What? You can use this machine for squats and bench, right? Oh yeah, you can use it for. Wait, wait, wait! I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, you could because you could put it on the bar for anything. Okay, because I've only ever seen anybody use it for deads. No, I see Mike Teal put it on his bench because okay. if you think about it, just on the ground. Oh, there it is, right there. It's everything you need. It looks so anyone who's listening, this thing is like two inches small. Yeah. You put it on the bar, then you you push in the app, you have to set it like on the bar mode, right? Or you put it on your arm. I don't like it on the arm because I think I put it on the bar, you can do a cleaning jerks, you can do snatches, you can go back, front squat, bench, whatever you want. And this is the 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 advantage of this one is you don't have the cable, right? You don't have and this that's part. what I was getting at is I've only ever seen the one with the cable. Yeah. Technology's moving though. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so tiny and, and the app is great. I'm now I make advertise for this guy. <laughs> I was gonna I was yeah. gonna say now we and, and where you could buy these is the link in my bio. Yeah, like, <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by That's right, that's yeah. right. But you know what? I mean, it's we. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. In the intro, we we're talking about my Fitbit and how this is how I track my steps to lose weight using my Fitbit on my wrist. It, it tells me how well I slept. Um, you know, the whole nine and like this is this is kind of the direction we're moving. This is why every generation is better than the generation before. Look at the data we get. Yeah. You know, I mean, we you, like we just keep getting smarter. Well, yeah, apps. you can use technology. You can use, as I said, you can use numbers to your actual advantage. It's, yeah. It makes it a lot easier and it makes you a lot smarter in your training. I honestly, man, I'm yeah, pretty much sold on me, this thing right now. <laughs> we got to go split some of these devices. I think so, yeah. I have matched in agreement with that. So, so um, also technically, uh, have you changed a lot, technically speaking, in the last few years as well? Uh, tell me again. Um, have you changed your list technically as well? My list? Yeah. I was a very ugly grinder always, also in the competitions. And I had to decide even at two options, right? Grinding all the time, also in the competition and be not injured, but tired or like pains a little bit. Like, yeah, you have all this, this, this muscle, too much under tension. Or the second option was like, uh, use your brain, use use the technology, and use your technique to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And now, because as you know, I'm 40 years of age, and yeah, yeah, possible. <laughs> like, but we don't. You saw it on the world. These guys had such an amazing technique. So there was no uh, world champion there, or even second or third, with an ugly technique. I didn't. I didn't saw one. No, when you get to a certain level, if you got bad technique, you get weeded out. You're not going to make it. There's only one option. Technique, speed, consistency, and 
brain, right? No ego. <laughs> yeah, you got a game plan. I mean, it is, if you go too heavy too early, you don't have nine grinders in you. Like you had said, it's not just getting injured, but you have only so much gas in the gas tank. You only have so much energy. If you blow it out too early with a bunch of fights and a bunch of grinders, you're not going to have it by the time the deadlift rolls around. You're, you're smoked. You know how it is when, when you open it on the deadlift, it's slow. You start to doubt, right? Yeah. It's like, this is, this is normally an easy way. So you know you're already, you grind it out. It's like, what, what, what's, what's the second half? What yeah. should I say? Yeah. yeah, at the World Championships, there's a couple times where by the time, and it happens where the world's, you're excited, you know, you're going to expend more energy than you think, even just walking around, and some people will walk up to the bar for their opening dead, and they grind it out, and you're like, oh, damn, he's got nowhere to go. You got nowhere to go, like, yeah. it, the end is near, my friend, you know, after that. Um, did the travel affect you? Because a lot of Europeans that came over to Calgary, the time zone difference and the travel really hurt them greatly, like Verbecki. Uh, in the 105s in the open, he said it really badly hurt him. And a lot of people said traveling east, uh, the time zone difference isn't as bad, but traveling west is when the time zone really affects you. Did, did yes. that hurt you a lot? Or? Well, I, I arrived seven days before the comp. Oh. I, I chose wisely this time. Really, this, this time I, I used my uh, inner voice to. <laughs> We said go early, go five, six, seven days before you come. And I walked around Calgary all day, like one, two hours, so I could calm down. I, I, I could. My sleep was still not the best after seven days. But it was, I think, I heard the uh, speak. He arrived two days before the come. Yeah. He was uh, awake till three at night. Uh, before he's come, so how can he, how can he deliver? Yeah, yeah he was smoked. He said, yeah, he oh, was smoked. Well, it makes such a big difference. And even like Calgary's pretty high above sea level. Yeah. Well, which there's is going to smoke a lot of people. There's too. intangibles. People who don't lift at an international level, so they never have to go through time zone change, climate change, climate change. Altitude change. Altitude change, like yeah. Like if you don't, have, if you never had to do it, you don't realize these aren't excuses. It's legit, man. Yeah. Like people go from A class right down to C class real quick, you know, but uh, yeah, it's good to like go there a week ahead. A week ahead and I, I also inform myself, as you said, how, how the altitude, how is the climate there, how is the culture, everything is new, right? So, so even these Polish guys, they don't speak English, they need more time for everything, for ordering food, for going from A to B, they need always more time. So this is my, this is my imagination. So I said, why not one week before? Anyway. Yeah, get, well, nice get your lay of the land. It's true, even with language. When I was in Belarus, um, I was commentating, but I was also lifting, and trying to get like water with no salt in it, the, um, uh, like, like distilled water. I, distilled water. I didn't like, you're there's a language barrier, and they yeah. don't know what the shit you're talking about. I'm trying to tell them, like, Distilled, no salt, and they're like, hey, what, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. I have no, I bought water. I don't know if I bought distilled water, but they're like, here's water, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of intangibles that make it way different. You know, it's, it's difficult. Um, are, are you, uh, you, you also had mentioned um, that you knew the Irish guys from Strength Wars. So, let's talk about Strength Wars, because we were talking in the intro. 
It's amazing, Strange Wars, how big that blew up. It got millions of views an episode. Like, it's, it's shocking how big and popular Strength Wars was. How, how did Strength Wars, how did you get involved in Strength Wars? Oh, I saw it, uh, how do you say, I saw it uh, on, the, on YouTube, on the right side, where you get all these, these recommendations, right? Yeah, yeah. same. I was, I was watching a fitness uh, channel, I don't know which one, and then I saw, like, Bodybuilder owns four powerlifters, and I pushed on it, like, Let's see what it is. And that's how it started. I said, oh, oh, nice idea. Very nice film, very nice recorded, very ni nice edited, I said. And then I saw the next one with the uh, Swiss guys, Swiss guys. And then I wrote them, like, I wrote Thomas Fabry, he's uh, in the team of Strength Wars. I asked, hey, I want to be a part of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? He said, what's your numbers? I said, this is my partner, bench, my deadlift. He said, hey, you're in, <laughs> just in, and we have an opponent for you, and it was uh, Michael Blumstein, he was the strongest in Germany, strongest man in Germany, and I, I, I left Zurich for, uh, for Strength Wars uh, three years ago to fight against Michael, and that's how it started, it was spontaneous. So do, do they like, do they fly you out, or do they put you up, like, how, do they have a budget? Because it looks like they have a budget. They must have sponsors or something, right? Well, they have sponsors. And also, the owner put a lot of effort in it. You know, the owner is uh, recording all by himself. He's the cameraman. He has also other cameramen. He's editing the whole thing. Um, he invested a lot of time on it. Um, I, I can imagine he also he earned a lot. Not a lot. He earned... Uh, money out from it because if you have 150 million views, you get like ads, right? But people think he makes a, t uh, a shitload of money, and that's not true. It's it's passion. It's really real passion, and that's why it's so fighting because he wants to set it new. He wants to set up a, a new kind of strength. I think. I think. So this was this was three years ago that it happened. Me, I was, I was, uh, my first competition was three years ago. Then I had one in 2016, and then I started the league 2017, and then I was for six months, every month in Berlin, or in Poland, or in Czech Republic, or, yeah. You saw the league. It was like Strength Wars League 2017. And I ended up uh, on the third phase. Yeah, so yeah. Let, let's explain, anyone who, who um, doesn't know a lot about Strength Wars, can you walk us through um, what the lifts are, what the events are, and then how it's a head-to-head -head matchup and the winners move forward and face the other winners in brackets, right? Yes, first it was last year, eight and eight. And so I, I entered the league a little bit too late because I had too much work, so they say... Um, yeah, you can enter and then you start to bend against the last one on, on, on the list, right? And then if he loses, you get seven and he's get, he's get eight. And then you go up like, yeah, you have to climb up the, the ladder. And then on the lead, there were only eight left. There was four against four. And then I won against the German. And then I won against another German. And it's... The, the battles are designed like very spontaneously. Like, we do squats 215 times, and it's, 
we, as we always tell the numbers, and we're like, you're crazy. How can we support 210 tank times? That is 250 10 times and push over that 110 10 times. Yeah, so, yeah. so for people listening, 200 kilo, which is 440 pounds, and then uh, for squat, if you're doing it, you have to do it 10 times to move on to the next event. Yes. And then you move on to the next event, deadlift 250 kilo, which is 550 pounds, 10 times. 240 for 10 times. 240, okay. 10 times, and then you move on, and then it's whoever gets there finishes first. Is that it? You have nine minutes. You have nine minutes before the finals, and in the finals, it was like the first who's done is the winner, right? So we had all these pull-ups and push press overhead, and round to overhead, and sledge, and yeah. And you saw it, it's very interesting. You saw every athlete had like, a specific exercise where it was really good. Like me and mine, right? I put 10 times to fit them, like, okay, what's next? And as soon as I have to go overhead, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you sp well, you spoken like a true power lifter. You, you walk up to the guy, oh, congratulations. Yeah. Right as you start the event. Okay. <laughs> So, but you still did make it pretty far into the event. And was there like a cash prize or like something at the end for the winner? thousand five hundred euros, and it it's, it means a lot to me because it's the first time I win ever on a sport event. So for me, it was everything, and it's not it's not that much of money, but it was like I go home with a third rank title and I go home with money. So. And nice. They, and they yeah. and they have like there's no weight classes. Some of these guys are huge, right? Well, the, 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 the biggest one was 125, and then uh, the horse and what it was 118. He's one of the best ever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and the lightest one was 78 kilo, and he 78 kilo, and he squatted five times 200. Holy Imagine that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, it's yeah, they have like David and Goliath yeah. matches, which make it entertaining which to watch. Make it even better. So who are these guys that they got? Are they all powerlifters? Are they like strongman, bodybuilders, or just who are these guys? Powerlifters, strongman, powerlifters, Olympic weightlifters. Once we had a CrossFit, but for CrossFit it's almost too heavy. You know, they have a lot of endurance, but if you tell them squat 15 times 180 kilo, they look at you like, how much? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have uh, what? Yeah, also like gymnast, gymnast, like the guy on the rings. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, he did. He did ten times one fifty bench. Like, oh, easy done. Uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Good, so, I'm not surprised he had good upper body for bench. No, but not at all. How did he do with like deads and squats? Could he hang? What was then much more slower? He had he struggled more. It, it's specific, right? If I had I had to lift this Atlas stone, 110 kilo. I I felt like shit. And and the strong man, he was my opponent. He did it like for fun. He almost yeah. threw all over the, the the box there, and I was like, how how should I do it? <laughs> yeah, the technique wise. So. Did they change the events every time then? It sounds it sounds like different events. Did they change up the events sometimes? You mean you change the exercises? Yeah. Yes, every time. 
in the end, you don't have that much exercise to do, right? Heavy, because people want to see a heavy, a heavy backboard. It's not like CrossFit where you have to do 100 burpees. People want to see like a 300 kilo sledge or a 300 kilo yoke. Between the best battle was in Poland. We had 60 kilo, 10 times overhead, a dumbbell. Yeah. Sometimes 200 squat, and then 12 meters with 270 kilo yoke, and then the whole with 50 kilo added weight, and then 10 times 220 deadlift, and I, I had six minutes and 20 seconds for that. Jesus. And just faster, faceless. He's the the guy from Poland. His name is Faceless with the mask, maybe or something. Yeah. That's three minutes and thirty seconds for the whole Oh wow. wow. Was squats running through it like pow, 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 and then the squats were like squats were like this. Yeah. Ten times. Amazing. He was sec he was double the time faster than me, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have to improve. So that, that's one of the things that Strength Wars did really well. They have guys like wearing masks, like w, like professional wrestlers, um, just huge bodied up dudes who look like beasts. And the events themselves are fun to watch, like yokes and stuff like that, like pulling and dragging events. Um, even if they got like, because Strongman's super popular and fun to watch, yeah. even if they make you bench press, it's for a heavyweight for a set of 10, toe to toe. And then you're watching guys like, a, you know, like a gymnast, just pound out faster than you're watching. Yeah, you know, like a strongman. Like it's, and that's what's interesting too is getting people from different backgrounds. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, MMA was back in the day, style versus style. Yeah. You have powerlifter versus strongman versus gymnast versus crossfitter, and that stuff's always gonna sell on YouTube. Yeah. Um, do Do they know? What's that? Sorry, go ahead. Not sure who is winning because strongman. Is fast on the natural stone, but the other three, four exercises are more like powerlifting style. He, he really needs to go on with his uh, atlas stone because if the powerlifter catches up, he has no chances. Because you know, it's like it's a specific one. Atlas stone is very specific, but if the powerlifter is through that exercise, he go, he goes like, he goes, well, deadlift, pow, 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 and then the strongman needs to be captured. We had two strongmen on the strength watch. They had to uh, to break up the back. It was too heavy for them. Oh. Wow. Because, wow. Yeah, because if, if once you have too much acid in your body, you're done. Once it happens to me, my legs were shaking. I couldn't lift the, the weight anymore. I wanted to, but I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. It was like shocked. But so intense. And that's something too that people wouldn't, like, you know, you have, like, fight for your reps and show heart, but like you said, it's mechanically speaking, when the lactic acid oh, yeah. fills up it, in your body, it doesn't matter what you want. Yeah, no, eventually the fight and flight goes out the window and you just, your body can't actually... Yeah, yeah, it's like all the motivational speeches yeah. you want to give me, sir, it's not going to happen. Matter. Yeah, it's not. it doesn't matter. Which is, like, wildly entertaining to watch. Yeah. When guys push it to the point where you have an IPF world champion literally pushing himself to the limit. Uh, now, how much do they like the fact that now you're an IPF world champion? Is there any other IPF world champions in Strength Wars besides yourself? Well, in Strength Wars? Yeah. Is there other IPF world champions in there? Or are you, are you the only one? I'm the only one. There is another one, uh, another powerlifter. He's a vegan powerlifter. He does uh, IPF as well. But he's in, in German uh, internationals only. So I think they like it. But it's, 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 it's funny because we, 
as people don't know how it is to be 40 years old, they don't can they can't imagine how much effort it needs to be strong in that age. I say it's not. I'm not 100 years old, right? Some <laughs> people they they are they're really they're really how do you say honest? They want to see big guys like uh, Tim Budesheim, for example. He's 120 kilos. He's about bodybuilder. I lost against him on my second strength loss battle, and we had one million of views on YouTube. Yeah. Only, only on that battle. But I knew it's because of him, because the pe people wanted to see him, because he's so huge, and he's strong as well, and he's very, his endurance is great. So I don't know how much uh, they give on my IPF uh, title. I hope, I think it's, I think it's an advantage. But I think they like more my personnel. They always do like fun stuff there, and, and yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, um, and that's what's interesting too, is because they let you show your personality. You know what I mean? Where like you can wear costumes and talk smack if you want to, and hoop it up for the crowd, and actually have a crowd there. And, but but I think what's good with yourself is you're an IPF world champion. So that's a huge. Like, there's not very IPF world champions to walk around very often. And because you're 40 years old, it's like the George Foreman, Randy Couture, yeah. people are going to root for you. You know what I mean? Like you're always going to root for that guy. Exactly. It gives you a good backstory for it. Yeah. Now, are you, in terms of your size, are you, you're going to be a lot smaller than some of these other guys. Though. Like do you cut much weight to make 105? No, I'm 109. People on the average. So I have to cut four kilos. And I do the most of it I do with the water cut. So... You mean for the IPF or for strength board? Well, I was just thinking, um, are you like, are you relatively small for strength boards? For strength boards? No, no, no. Uh, maybe I'm the third heavy board. Oh, wow. Of 16 athletes, I think I was the fourth heaviest. There was 125, 118, and then me. Yeah. So, so, yeah. If you're too heavy, you need so much energy and so much blood circulation in your body, they, they bomb out. Because the best ones, like Faceless, he was 98 kg. And he pulls three, uh, 10 times 300 kg on the deadlift with around 100 kg. Yeah. This guy's yeah, it's the guy with the mask, the, the Faceless. This yeah. guy's insane. But for me, he had the best weight because. If you're too heavy and they say, oh, we have added uh, pull-ups, we added weight, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, that's oh. true. I guess... This squat's like 10 times, 210, you have to do 10 to 15 pull-ups with 20 kilo between your legs and you're already 110 kilo heavy, so... <laughs> yeah, you're right. The gymnast is probably cheering at that event. The gymnast is like, hell yeah. But, um, and it's true, I guess, when you, when you have like a time limit, you have to do all these things like under 10 minutes. Yeah. That, that's your, your big size is going to catch up to you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for a big man, that'd be very difficult. And it is intriguing, though. I would love to see, like, if they threw, like, Ray Williams in there. He could do pull ups. He There's freaks. Do. He can do pull ups. I don't oh, know. Again, you add extra kilos out of Ray Williams. That's I don't know if he's, tough. Doing, don't know yeah. if he's doing many pull ups. It'd be intriguing to watch, though. It'd be really interesting to watch, you know, just because. So, are you going back to Strike Wars? Yes, of course. I'm uh, in uh, in intense. Uh, how do you say? We talk a lot about it. I want. I we have for me for my. How so for my taste? That uh, in the last battle. 
Well, we can do this year, but the guys, they want to figure out how they go on because production is very expensive. And now, people, they want to see more. They want to see, like, Swakov. They want uh, Clarence Kennedy. They want to see, I don't know, they want to see stars on it. Yeah. But the stuff... The stars say no. Klokov said no. I don't come. Even when you pay him money, he's not coming. I think you don't want to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. It's true. Clarence Kennedy. Those guys. They have big followings, and for them, they're thinking, "I can only. I'm already. People think I'm amazing. I can only go down." True. True. And if you if you have to uh, fight against a guy like Faceless, and they tell you to do like 250 watts for 10. And 280, that is for 10. How can who can stand this? There are maybe two or three guys in the world who could, could do this in a few minutes. You can do it in a, in a separate uh, train, right? All together in one battle, it's, this is insane. Yeah. So they, you said it right. Why should I go there as, as a star? So, and people are very demanding. The viewers are very demanding. They say like, oh, we want, uh, we want uh, Michael Hearn in it. <laughs> and we oh, say, bodybuilding! Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing. He get killed, but that'd be amazing. But imagine, then they say we want uh, they want they want all these famous guys in, in the battle. They think it's better than. But I, I say let's let's open up the, the range of sports. Let's take a footballer. Let's say yeah, an ice yeah, yeah, a wrestler. Yeah, oh, like yeah. WWE, like a pro wrestler would be amazing. Well, even just like an actual, like an Olympic wrestler would be... Also amazing. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Because there are like some Olympic wrestlers who are absolutely, like, take the genetic freaks. The genetic freaks and push them to the yeah. limit, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And a football, American football players, like those guys in the combine. Well, exactly. You've got the NFL combine, which is very similar sort of setup. So. It, it is true, though, a lot of people... Watching these strength wars are like, well, it's however many kilo. I could probably aim wrap that. Yeah, you can aim wrap that and then move on to the next one and then move on to the next one where your body is yeah. broken down. By the time you're done, you're done. So how do they, so when they film like one showdown, they must have to wait a long time before they use you again. Like how long does it take for you to come back to normal after going through that? Like are you just smoked and you're finished? Um... You mean like... Like when you're uh, done, your nervous system must be totally fried. How long after doing one of those uh, strength wars does it take for you to go back to normal? Because at 40 years old, too. Yeah, it was insane. I, I, I tell you, I don't, mean, I don't know how I adapted to all this because after six months, of, I had every month one battle for oh, six months. Okay. In, in, the, in December, in the final, I had three battles in one day. And I don't know now. Shit, how? Dude, what? That doesn't make sense. I don't know how I could maintain that because now I would die. Yeah. Because then I was, you know, I changed all the team. Because I had, in, in the six months, I had my nationals, which I won in Switzerland for powerlifting. And my, my, my colleagues were like, oh, you can do this and that. And the same time, I said, oh, let's try it. Let's try it. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I ended up with my uh, record total of 800 kilo with the knee reps. It was my highest total ever. Between all these taxes, so I said, there must be something good in it. Yeah. And it, it took me, in the end, it took me three, four days to get to normal. Then I started my training again. 
So it's, it's amazing how you come into that mood, how you can adapt to that mood, and that's why I did strength or strength or something. It made me so much better. It makes me, even mentally, it makes me, it made me so much, I, I could so much learn for myself from that struggle. Let's say it like this. Yeah. I hope it was correct in English, so. Well, yeah. suddenly grinding yeah, grind a couple lifts in a competition, like it, a powerlifting competition seems pretty, it uh, would seem so much seems easier. pretty tame after grinding out <laughs> three rounds of strength wars in a day. Uh, people ask me, are you taking rods? And can be done without roads because you don't have any recovery. I said, no, I train different. I train, I train like 180 squats for, for 10, 15, 20 reps, and then that like 180 for 10, 15, 20 reps. And I'm, I'm a rep person. I uh, you know, like grinders, they're killing me, really. I start to, to hold the glass like this. And after a few, but rep, you know, I did a marathon in 2009, 42 kilometers running. It was it was doable. So so strength coach is more like a marathon and powerlifting is more like max, you know how it is. And but my progression mental wise was Yeah was it, yeah, it was on a, on a different planet for me, for my personality. And I hope it goes on soon because it will make me better again. Yeah, and doing yeah. those three competitions like in strength wars in a day, because you're pushing the limit in every single war. And to do three in a day, so by the end, when you did your third battle, like what, how much, how, how much did you have left? Like what did you feel like at the end of that day? Was that the hardest day of your life? Because I can't imagine even wrap my head around that. Well, my hardest day of my life was, I said, just a short story. My hardest day of my life was on a Wingate bike. I don't know if you know that. It's an Israeli invention. And, and the Wingate bike looks, looks like, uh, like, looks like, uh, um, a cycling, always the cycling track, yeah. like spinning. Yeah. But with 1,200 watts on one, on one beat, and then you have to fight against it. And I was puking on the bike while I was uh, cycling. Oh, I was oh like, geez. Oh, I said, I, I, and then this was my hardest day ever. It was on, on, on the university in Zurich, it was a test. And strength was the final was very exhausting, but it was like, oh, I can do 10 of these, then I'm done, and then 10 of these, and then I'm done. And the last one, the last, uh, the last exercise of these nine was uh, 10 times 210 squats, ATG, full range. And I thought, oh my God, how can I do it? And in the end, I did like four, three, three, done. Yeah. Yeah. I won. I won the third. Not that one, I didn't want overall, but I was very happy when it was done, <laughs> when it was over. Yes, you... That's exhausting, I don't know why. I, yeah, it's, it was doable, it was doable. Did, yeah. they, did they make it when you had the three battles in a day? Did, did they make it so the exercises weren't all the same in those three battles so you could still continue? You know what I mean? Like if, it was, if all three battles had squats, 210 kilo, you'd be done. Right? Yeah. You no, know, we had in every three battles, I think we had, not in the middle, in the, in the second battle, we had 220, uh, 220 kilo for 10 deadlifts, and then 140 bench for 10, and then the sledge. Okay. I couldn't come up to the sledge because my opponent was so fast. His name is uh, Young from 
Czech Republic. He's he's one of the best athletes. I know. He's, he's doing 180 push press, 330 deadlift, 320 squat. Yeah. Whatever, whatever position he's doing it. And no, there were only like deadlifts was in every battle. Yes. And the squat was in two battles, but the squat is amazing because you know, as as you know from yourself, if you're tired and you're squatting that heavy, you always think, can I do another one? Or will I break down and will I die on the weight? Yeah. yeah. Mentally, mentally, the squat was the heaviest because it's heavy and you're, you're not going like rested. You go by, your heart rate is 160, 170 and you go under the bar already exhausted. And if you lift the weight out from that kind of exhaust, being exhausted, you think like, how can I swap this now 10 times? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think, I think mentally I would prefer to go, like deadlifts would be easier just because in between reps, the bar is on the ground. You know, it's not, yeah. like you said, it's not on your back, like the squat, even if you try to rest the second, no, you feel it still on your being, back. You're still being compressed more and more. And you're like, fudge, and it feels heavy, and it never gets off your back. And you're, when you're exhausted, that's the worst feeling in the world to have something literally bearing down on your shoulders. Yeah. And one thing we haven't touched on in this is how do you warm up for an event like this? Oh, yeah. Like, because I'm assuming you're not just jumping into a... But you, you also twenty kilo. Uh, you also don't want to lose too much energy. No. Yeah. You do everything of the exercise. You do like a warm up of every exercise before, like fifteen minutes before the battle. So I, I, I told myself I do ten, do ten times two hundred forty deadlifts. I'm already warm up for, for my squat. So yeah. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah, by the time you get the last one, nobody get had an injury. Out of them, of the battle, so we were really happy. It's like it's the right, it's the like right path. Yes, it, it is actually kind of. Was there a lot of injuries in strength wars with other athletes? Because I'm shocked that it wouldn't be more. Yeah, that dude who made it had to have you guys sign waivers because there. I'm shocked. There were there injuries in the strength wars. Uh, what kind of injuries? Yeah, well, did other athletes get injuries? I don't think so. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't um, heard of about the injuries. I had. I crushed my little thing with two hundred kilo squat on the rack because that was forward. And then they told me to go on. This was my only injury, like the tiny thing. Yeah. <laughs> Breathing, and then one guy said he said something really interesting in the battle. He said, "Then you're squatting with your legs, not with your finger. Go on." That's right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Keep moving. I said, I said in the bedroom, you're right. You're really right. I go on. What the fuck is that? I'm acting like a pussy because of my little finger. <laughs> and at least I used the straps. This was in Poland. The last day, 10 times 220. I used the straps because when I had weight on my finger, it started to bleed really, really fat and really, shall we say, heavy. So. Yeah. And the, the people write down on, on, on the internet, in the comment section on YouTube, they write, look, he's such a pussy, he uses scraps while deadlifting. <laughs> Another guy wrote down, man, he was injured, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what yeah. it is. Every, that, that's oh, always going to yeah. happen, especially when you get like over a million. Did you know you were going to get over a million views on YouTube for your episodes? Oh. 
And have, have things changed since then? Like, do people recognize you or message you because you you've been on YouTube like that? Yes, it, it, I was when I uh, when I reached the third rank, around four hundred people congratulated me on the, on Messenger, Facebook, and on Instagram, and I wrote everyone back like one day. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And then I said, I can't, I can't let it open. I have to, I have to get like, oh, thank you very much. Four hundred pieces. I wasn't the whole day like. Yeah. yeah. But the best story was I was uh, last December on Christmas. I wanted to do, buy a present for my nine-year-old daughter, so I went to Toys R Us, and then I asked for a Lego truck because my daughter loves Lego techniques. This guy came out. He said, "Oh, I know you. You're from Strange Wars," and he had this Lego box in his hand. <laughs> no. You know, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, this is funny because we are in a in a, in a kids store, and you are you are realizing I'm from Strange Wars. You're the only person in Switzerland who, <laughs> who realizes who I am. You're like, yes, yeah. I got a fan. That's that's when you feel like you made it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> so, no, I don't. Get that that much? Uh, how do you say recognition? What's that? I don't get that much. Uh, oh, attention! Feedback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, it's calm. They are like, I would say, four hundred people or five hundred write me. Not often, but like one time a year or two times a year. They say, "Oh, how are you? I'm cheering for you." My 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 Instagram raised from four hundred followers to two thousand. So you got a couple thousand followers on there. Uh, it's not. It's not. If if somebody wants to do it for social media, it's the wrong platform. Because, uh, it's it's. I don't know in English. It's, it's, you you're not that personal. That's that's a problem with strength wars. I told them we should do like Q and A, like seminars, strength wars, training. How do we train? It's, we don't talk that much, right? So we don't have a personality. Even if, even if you did it like, um, let's say like, you know, if you watched UFC, I don't know if you do, but before they have a little mini interview and the guy says like, you know, you show a little personality in the interview and you say what you're going to do and, and you, like people like, I like that guy, I'm rooting for that guy. You show a little bravado, you know, and that would be good because it's head to head matchups like that, right? And then you'll probably get more like social media followers, etc. Yeah, because every every athlete has a story for life. Right? We have a business. We have a guy who works with with wood or like carpenter, and they have all the story of the life. And one guy wrote me from I think from Canada. He's a blacksmith, and he said, "You make me so proud because I'm a blacksmith and I'm on strength ball." She said. You're me so proud because you're a blacksmith, Howie. I said, thank you, <laughs> thank you. You're strong, and that's that's why it's it's, it's you have the skills with metal, and then you metal and the metal is form. You probably won't say. Yeah, it's a. I mean, that's how you get fans, right? Is how you like show personality, and it's little things like that you don't even think, like oh, a blacksmith, like. You're not gonna get fans yeah. for that. Yes, you will. Or if you say like in an interview, look, I'm I'm 40 years old and a middle-aged man and I got all these goals. Some people relate to that and be like, hell yeah, they live through you, right? So that's where showing a little personality will help for sure. Yeah, 
some guys are stopping me at 50 years of age. I said, why? Why do you stop training? You should go on. I have new goals with 40. I, I set myself new goals with 40. They asked me, when did you stop? I said, when did I stop? You just saw the old lady on the world. She was 80 years old. And she lifted 80 kilos of the deadlift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, this is my idol. I want to do that too because to be a champion in one year or in, in the five years, this is something. But to lift heavy in, in, in the higher age, like in, as a senior, this is my goal. So then you, you can say I had a beautiful life, I always a strong body my whole life. Why only, why only lifting till 30? For what? It makes no sense for me. Life goes on. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Life goes on. Once you, you might think that when you're younger, but when you get to be 40, 50, whatever, what do you, like, you just, you, you wake up and what's next? Like, you can't, it, life continues. You don't just sit there and be like, okay, now I just watch TV and I don't do shit. I don't make goals anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, for some people that can never be. Yeah, I think from that moment on, you get old. If you stop it, if you stop your passion, you get old. Yeah. Yeah. I, my so there was a guy in the world, he was 59 years old. I think he lifted almost 300 kilos. I said, oh my God, I have no excuses. I have no excuses, I'm 40. Yeah. I can't say, oh, today I can act like an old man because I feel not that old. This guy is lifting 300 with 20 years more of age. So. Yeah. Well, like David Ricks. I was just about to say, yeah. like David Ricks is the perfect example of that. Yeah, he's, I swear, he's, gonna, he's close to 60 and he can squat like who? Who are the people that you look up to? Who are the guys that you draw inspiration from, guys or girls? Since I know Dave, he's one of them. You know, Dave, he was, uh, was with you in the commentator, right? David Ricks? David Ricks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was, he, I've commentated with him a couple times, yeah. And all these older people, you know, I can say, yeah, I love the deadlift of Virspiksi, uh, you know? Yeah. I love this technique and I love this. It's amazing to watch how, how they start with the opener, but this is something different, you know, because how much, how old is he? 30? 28? Yeah. I can't look back because I can't be 28 anymore, but I can be 50, 60, 70. So uh, people like David, David Briggs is his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they inspire me, really. Also, this old lady with 80 years of age. She is, because we, we are not 80. We are not 80. We can say she reached something we didn't, right? Yeah, this is true. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about powerlifting. You don't know who's watching. Yeah. You don't know who's drawing inspiration from you. And that's what the big thing about social media tell you, tell your story. Because you sometimes, like I was telling Kathleen, my girlfriend was really got really sick earlier this year in the hospital in the ICU, and then um, now she's coming out training again. And she was like, "Oh, my numbers aren't that great. I haven't been posting my gym lifts as much." And I'm like, you should, because we don't know who's watching, what they're going through, and they need some kind of source of inspiration. So when yep. you're going to the Nationals, oh, she made it back to the Nationals. Oh, she made it onto this team, that team. Somebody's drawing from it, and you don't even know. There's this one girl in Canada in the, uh, on the West Coast. She broke her hand, and um, she's training for a competition, and everything she did was zero. She did Zerker squats, Zerker deadlifts, like, cause she couldn't use her hand. Even for bench, she figured out a way to work around it. And, um, and then like my girlfriend was watching it every single day. And this girl, she would have no idea like who's watching and being like, 
you go to the gym and I like it doesn't matter what my excuse is, my hand feels a little tight. There's someone out there who's like getting it done. You know, they're getting it done, you know? And it's just like you said, you, people draw inspiration from other people all the time. Of course. And then you know social media is always sunny weather, it's always uh, yeah. your big records, big legends, big heroes. But this is one side. But the most of the people that struggling in life, maybe they have I don't know, a new baby. When my daughter was born, I had to change my training because if you get up at night for months, you start to get really tired, so you have to change your training. But even then, I could do like little steps. So the best thing I tell my people, my, who I coach, my, my clients, I tell them, just, just don't say yes or no, just to like find your way between your possibilities. Yeah. And then I don't understand why a person in training with 30 or 40, so why do you stop? Oh, you have no pleasure, set new goals. Oh, you have pains, clear them up, go to a therapist, whatever, search your team, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true that social media, um, a lot of, like, it's, if you compare yourself on social media, it is usually, just, like you said, sunshine and rainbows, all highlights, and you'll see behind the scenes. And it, it kills me when someone actually posts about an injury or they post about something they're dealing with and people in the comments say like, oh, you're making excuses or like, yeah. no one wants to hear this. Yes, they do, man. Because that's real life. It's kind of funny. Like, it's more relatable. Personally, I like posting about the failures more than I actually like posting well, about... Everybody sees PRs. It gets boring. It, it, and not only that, it's more relatable. Yeah. Like, look, here's some shit I had to go through and I still came out with this, that, and the other. And people say... That's an excuse. Yeah. No, that's real. Yeah. That's well, that's legit. For, that happened. For example, my last meet, I originally didn't want to post about it because it wasn't what I wanted to hit on that day or what yeah. I felt people expected I was going to hit. Yeah. But it was more interesting. Yeah. And in the end, you came up. He had a crazy, uh, like a seven kilo cut, um, and he's a seventy-four kilo lifter. It was crazy. <laughs> Your face, vertigo, watching seven kilo. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And um, he ended up, it was rough squats and bench, still reasonable, but not PRs. And then came through with a PR deadlift, 11 o'clock at night, because, you know, you're rehydrating, getting bigger as the day goes. And then he was thinking about, like, should I post it, should I not? And, and he's been PRing every competition for the last couple of years, right? So it's the first time he had a rough cut, and it's actually rough. But it's like, man, tell that story. Because there are people who start powerlifting, and they think they're going to PR every single meet because that's all they're doing is PRing. It's like, yeah. that's not real. No. That's not the way life is no, going to be. I, I mean, it was a good run coming up into that point, but... But that's not... Yeah. Yeah, if, if it was always PRs, we'd all be world champions by the time we were five years in. You know what I mean? Oh, right. We would lift 1,000 kilos, but... Yeah, people, exactly. people, people see the hero. People see, uh, like, Bryce Lewis. He's, but he had also mental struggle, right? Yeah. And he, Talked about mental struggle, but I don't. I don't. I feel like people don't want to hear this because there, there is no setback without. Yeah, there is no PR without a setback. This is my this is my opinion. So you, you learn from setbacks, not from PRs. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Like people um, and, and everybody, all these guys that you look up to, like you said, like Bryce Lewis, they all deal with this. Like Bryce isn't going to compete this year. You know, he's got to step back and he's not even competing because he's got to deal with injuries and stuff. And he's, so everybody deals with it. And that's why, like, I don't get where people, like, actually complain if someone's being real and talks about it. Talk yeah. about it. 
You know, like, let's, uh, let's let it out there. And like you said, any good story, there's no such thing as a good story without a little bit of adversity. You can't yeah, have a good... Yeah. What's Hollywood is the same, right? It's like, no overcoming something, but yeah. It's probably things to say, it's overcoming yourself, overcoming more weight, overcoming more performance. If I say, right, it's, yeah, this is, well, this is what I tell people. Just, just be yourself. Don't play like, I don't want to do yours. I always lift my weight. I never, it's not too heavy. This is not true. This is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, if, when, when all is said and done, like this is a question we ask anybody who's on this show. When all is said and done and you retire and everyone looks back at your career, how would you like to be remembered? Because you're an IPF world champion, strength wars. Um, is there goals in powerlifting or strength wars you want to get? And as a whole, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, I want to be remembered, the guy who, who loves what he did. Like, if I work with metal, if I do powerlifting, if I do strength wars, it's like uh, I want to be remembered like the guy who, who did it because he wanted it. Not because it's like it was a must or it was for the for the media or for the job or for the money. It was like because you want really like all about freedom, right? So this is what I want. Like the young guy said, look, he came that far with a vision, and in the end, in beginning, he didn't want to do a strength training. So he changed his mind, and he became one of the best. So why not adapting? Why not taking it as an example? This is what I want to be remembered. Like the guy wanted to, to find his, his own freedom and his, his own uh, his own path. You know what's my favorite song? My way from Frank Sinatra. Ah, yeah. well done, sir. Most, most most the best song in my in my in my opinion for your life because do it your way. I, I see people copying other people like or their brands or their their philosophy. Have your own philosophy, right? Because yeah, it's. They say life is not a rehearsal. We only have one try. This is true. Yeah, that's very well that's said. Very well said. Well, listen. Uh, thank you very much. We're at an hour and a half right now. Thanks for coming on, man. You've got a great story to tell from Strength Wars, World Championships. Love to have you back again. And um, I'll meet you again in Sweden, my friend. Can't wait to see you take the platform. Oh yes, with new total. Hey, no, buddy. Can't wait. Have a nice Canada. Where are from Canada, especially from where, which city? Uh, in Guelph, and we're we're about an hour away from Toronto. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. But so uh, see you in, in uh, Helsingborg, right? That's you're right. Not, you're not Europeans. What's that? Sorry. You're not coming to the Europeans? No, um, only at the World Championships. Uh, I would love to come and take the Europeans as well, but I only have so much time off work, and the World Championships is like two weeks. You know, so uh, me and my girlfriend are actually, we're getting married, we're going to go on a honeymoon, so the what? amount of hours, yeah, yeah, I thought you, so the amount of hours, or sorry, days I can take off work is only so much. Maybe, maybe the following year, I might be able to do Worlds and Europeans as well, there's a couple other events because, you know, I'll have a little more wiggle room, but it's that life balance, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So we're right? Yeah. In, uh... In June 2019. That's right. That's right. Have a nice And thank you very much for the interview. No problem, my friend. And good luck in training. We'll see you in, at the Worlds and Strength Awards.
Yes, yes. See you, man. Bye. 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 Yeah, listen, sorry for the feedback. Uh, we usually have our guests do uh, wear headphones, and then the feedback doesn't happen. But on the last minute, his headphones were not working for him. Yep. So we had to dish the headphones. So we got some we got some feedback, some cutouts, but it was enough that you, you we could still hear him in, his, in the podcast. You can still get across. The story got across. The story got across, man. Bear with us. The thing is, because um, he's got a good story. I love interviewing guys from, A, from around the world, you know, coming up in, in, in Switzerland, so you asked, like, what sports are big there? Is powerlifting big there? And here's another guy as well that IPF world champion and, like, a, a YouTube star. Look, if, you, if you're in a YouTube series that every episode gets over a million views, you're a YouTube, you're, that's it. You're a YouTube you star. You made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and we even had, like, an IPF world champion, and Strength Wars was such a unique idea that just fucking blew up and it's still so it's so interesting to hear like the story behind strength wars here i wanted to hear that to hear what he had to go through with filming like i still can't imagine doing three of those disciplines three rounds of that in a single day as your final back to back to back could you i would be dead by the first one yeah well like like he was saying he goes well a lot of people watching be like well i i could probably squat 210 kilo for 10 my friend it's not like he like he was saying it's not like in the gym where you do that and you're good, you're done. No, you do that, move on to the next, yeah. do that, like, and then you, you move on to 240 kilo for 10 dead, do that, and, ve- like, no, it's, and it's instantly, there's no rest at all. You're, you're doing like a month's worth of training in a day. Yeah, and then they move on to the next event right away. And um, he was saying sometimes, like, yeah, the weight is moving great. You're like, I'm smoking, but the lactic acid, it's just creeping in. So by the time you get to the last event, like, shit, I've done... 30 reps in, like, fucking three minutes. Three minutes. At, like, hundreds and hundreds hundreds and hundreds hundreds of pounds. So it's not, like, the weight is heavy, no doubt. But it's just, like, the amount of volume you put forward. Oh, and just mentally taxing. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, if the squat events last, it's hell. Yeah. Because you unrack it after you're already cooked. Like, man, this lactic acid's got me. This is is an unwrap from hell. And then you unrack that, and you're like, holy shit. But, um, yeah, I love that. Like, his story and everything he's doing. It's what he was talking about saying, I live my life. Like, I want to I want to try everything, do it my way, whatever. Um, it's, it's he's, he's, from watching YouTube, seeing strength words and be like, I want in. Like, my message is guy, I want in. I love that, that that was his recruitment. Yeah. It wasn't like, that he was contacted. It's that he's watching one video, says, this is awesome. But go, I want it. Go get it. That's how, like, that's, that's how, you got to be a go-getter. Some people are like, I don't ask to get on this. I don't ask to get, if, you know, anything that came my way, like, you know, I let them approach me. That's not how it fucking works, man. Everything I've ever done, like, um, people ask, like, how did you, get, like, become, like, the commentator for IPF Worlds? I went at it. Straight to Gaston Parage himself first. So I was like, I, you know, and told him. And, like, I had a, from some, some people who don't know, a reality TV show for a full season here in Canada. I went, like, at, like, I shot 300 emails to 300 TV producers and, got 299 no's yeah one yes and they said we're gonna audition you sounds like most nights of the bar but but yeah so they flew me in like a four-day audition process and then got on the reality tv yeah. show or canada's got talent america's got talent like you go at it you can't sit back man and that's the exact same attitude he has it's like you gotta put throw yourself out there if you if you're scared and you live in the pocket you're like ah maybe i don't show up because i might lose that's like you've talked yeah. to some of these other people you might lose but you might like the th- people don't give a shit like that like um, I do events where I flip cars, pull planes. 
There are times when you show up, you can't pull the plane, you can't pull the bus. But like about a dozen times, I'll pull the bus, pull the plane, and it made national news. Yeah. You don't know is today going to be the day you can't. You got to fucking show up because there's only so many times a plane is going to be there and be like, give it a go. Yeah, there's only so many times you're going to get a chance to do any given thing. Any so given thing. Everybody's and if you're given that chance, that's you it. take it. It might not be for like a plane, literally you show up for a plane pool, but you got a fucking plane in your life. It may not be the experience you wanted. It may not be the story you wanted. It may not go the way you wanted, but who cares? And, and At least you, you tried. You have something there. And if you do it enough times, step up and give it a go. You can have a couple moments where you're like, holy shit, I just, you know, yeah. whether it was the plane or the fucking strength wars, whatever it was, you got to hop in there, man. So yeah, I mean, he's got a hell of a story. And I love that. Like he was saying. 40 years old, hitting PR, still killing it, going strength wars, going toe to toe yeah. with these young guys. And some of these guys way I in. also love what he said about that next year he's doing the Open instead yeah. he's doing Masters. Yeah. Because he wants to see not, you know, where he can place. He knows he's not going to place with the, with the. Well, he'll be he'll be top ten. Yeah, like he he's knows, still yeah, big. He, it's still big, but you know you're not going to be number one in the world. No. But he, who cares? He said, "I want exactly. I want to see where he's already. He wants to push himself. He, he already is a world champion, and he knows this." So now he's got nothing to lose. When he hangs his hat and they say yeah. his resume, IPF world champion. The thing with the 105s and his goal to be in the top 10, uh, to be top 10 in the world, like if you actually put it in perspective, look at the top five. Bryce Krawcheck didn't make the podium. Yeah. And Bryce Krawcheck has broken IPF world records, won a silver medal. I was going to say, he's placed as high he as second. He is a world-class athlete, went home without a medal on the podium in the end of the day. Making the top, if he said, I would love to get like number seventh, it's fucking phenomenal yeah. achievement. Like, yeah, like it's for anyone putting perspective, and you're, you're like, you're a master, and you're like, no, I'm going in there, I want to see what I could do. That it means something for sure, man. At the IPF Force, that's the level we're at. Maybe years ago, because there's so many more powerlifters these days, years ago, maybe it wasn't like as thick a division or any divisions were as thick the teleport. Now, you top 10 in the world. You're a fucking elite amongst yeah, the best of the best. You're an elite amongst the elite. Yeah. There is no... Well, you came in 10th. Yeah. It feels like, let's say, 10 guys at the world. You came in 10th. Oh, you came in last? No, no, fucko. I came in 10th <laughs> in the world. Try to get yeah. to the worlds even. You know what I mean? I, that kills me too. I'm in the top 1% of you, the population in terms of... There, there's another thing where... Uh, I think it's open powerlifting, the Instagram. They show... Because some people, you lose perspective. Because you see nothing but huge lifts on repos. Like, you know, lifts... But um, they said, how many like 83 kilo guys or 82 and a half kilo guys can deadlift 600 pounds and up? It's like the top fucking 5% in the yep. world. How many girls squat over 300 pounds? It's like the top 5% in the world. We post so many people killing crazy numbers. You start forgetting, my friend, these, you top 10 in the world at the IBF Worlds or whatever, any of these events, you're amongst the elite of the elite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's no, so it's, rare. Again, it's the social media thing. It's so yeah. easy to get your views so skewed. And be like, because you're, watch, you're only watching the top 1%. And you're like, I'm not where I should yeah. be. I should be doing this. I should be. Yeah. Then you no, actually, no, I've been training for three years. I should be here now. Yeah. I and should then, be pulling 660. And that, when you look at, like, um, I love what open uh, powerlifting the Instagram. If you guys aren't following it, you should. We, wrote, we repost them every now and then, but it puts a perspective. Like where, like where you really are, and it's like holy shit. Out of like, and that's that's powerlifters. Out of all the athletes walking, all the humans, seven billion walking the face of this earth, you are amongst. You probably are amongst the one percentile. Yeah. So relax. Let yourself off the hook. Let yourself breathe a little bit. Let yourself. 
You didn't get a PR, or like you got a PR, yeah. but it wasn't the PR you wanted in your last meet. But you know what I mean? Like we all do that. Yeah. Like you just said your story earlier, and he was saying as well, Black's a little bit my friends. You're killing it. Oh, exactly. Like I was hugely disappointed after that. And then when you start to sit back and you start to look, you're like, you know what? Yeah. It still wasn't that bad a day. If ever you got to meet, you walk away with a PR. It's almost like a it's almost like a miracle because when you've been doing this as many years, there should be meets where not only you don't get PR, you bomb out or whatever the shit. Yeah. And um, yeah, like yourself, you're, I, I've had meets like where I haven't maybe PR, but you like haven't had a meet where you haven't PR in years, and that's a hell I've of a had street. a hell of a run. Yeah, hell of a run. Only newbies, and this is what kills me. Like I don't mind newbies because we were all new at one point, but when they're like down on themselves, they didn't get what I wanted. And they've nothing but PR, haven't had a PR in ever, and I'm not naming names, whatever, but yeah. like, because honestly, it's probably everybody. It's every single person. Yeah, so you, you can name names if you want, but you're going to be listing for a long time. But it's like, that's what new is, right? And it's, uh, to be able to sustain enthusiasm after having been done this for years, where maybe you haven't had a PR in years. Um, Trenty, who moved up to 93 kilo, if you're Canadian. Uh, Phenomenal. Trent, yeah. He, he's like record holder in squat, and he's like, I had, I just got a PR deadlift first time in three years, got a PR in deadlift. For some people who just starting out, they they kill themselves. For you've been doing this for years, you're like, yeah, yeah, that happens. Maintain enthusiasm, and can you maintain enthusiasm when you're only making five pound gains? Sometimes that's what it's going to be. Like like Bryce Lewis was like, I was gaining gain very very little, but like all of a sudden started winning because yeah. I'm putting forth on the day. Can you keep it moving? Can you stay in the pocket? And that's when the 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 uh, pretenders start falling off because you, you came and went and all of a sudden you're not hitting twenty pound PR so it's like all right, that's when you bored. start seeing the difference in meets between a local meet and a state meet or a regional meet versus a national meet that's versus, right yeah and then the guys who actually end up making top ten in nationals top ten in the worlds and it's like well top ten and we're just talking about the stats. No, top 10, fucko, means you're one yeah. percentile in all the nations. Just showing up means you're one percentile. Yeah, if you made it that far. And then, um, and that's where exactly, you, the, the people who make it at that level, the people who just kept, kept grinding and started getting those five pound gains, those 10 pound gains, and those, you know, the small gains. So, yeah, man, it, uh, it creates some discussion. That's why I like this guy's story, and I knew I had to have him on, especially once I found Strength Wars. Yeah. It's like, oh, son of a bitch. I think I might want to have... Um, the guy who put on Strength Wars. Oh, I think that'd be a great interview. I think it'd be something... That How did you come up with it? How do you keep it going? Did you know it was going to be this big? All the background and putting together a show like this. Yeah, because like you said, like it's extremely professional. It's like, so if it's one guy doing it, which apparently amazing. he's running the camera work, he's got help now, but it, it literally he's is, doing the video editing, he's doing... You, you said you said uh, you you equated to powerlifting's American Gladiators. It fucking is. It is. It's genius. Yeah. And it really like people from all different backgrounds, like American Gladiators. They got athletes from all different backgrounds. Throw them in there. Let's see who wins. It really is. And now they got an IPF World Champion in there. Like it's incredibly entertaining. Um, yeah, I want to have this guy on and what kind of feedback he has. What's his plans for the future? Excuse me for the future. Like who he wants to bring in. I can totally see where like people like get this guy and get that guy in. Hey, some of these guys are going to be like, what do I gain? It, well, at the very least, yes, over like millions of views. So they can't say not more to my while. Listen, nobody in strength sports is so big that you can't be on a show with millions of people watching. Yeah, exactly. Like if your TV show. You know what I was thinking when we were talking about it, who I would love to see on it? Mr. Athletic over anything. Oh, shit. Jason Mike. Jason Mike. He could dunk him. He's Listen, for anyone watching. 
he well, he's a master as well. He is. Who broke an open world yep. record in bench as a master? Fucking dunks a basketball like still, and he's, he's a two. He's a he's a one twenty plus. Yep. He's like a three hundred pound man can, in his forties. Dunk a so basketball. F- well, open I mean, world record. The, like, name, he's the name is well earned. Yeah, he's a freak. Oh my god, that's a really good. I'm I'm gonna and he was on the show. Amazing guy. Yeah. Wicked story. Great personality. I should fucking message Jason Michael like, yo. He's got to get on that because that would be. Yo. We're talking about there's certain weight classes that probably will never be on the show because you can't. He's huge. And, and Jason Mike is a 300 pound. Yeah. He's a big man. But he's not 400 pound big man. He, he's athletic. 300. Yeah, damn. Good call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message Jason Mike and I'm going to get a hold of the Strike Wars guy. I want him on here. Yeah. But I also want Jason Mike on that show. And, uh, and let's fuck. He'd be a heavy favorite. He'd be one of our favorites, sir. He would definitely, I could see that man taking the top podium spot on it. Like yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's certainly strong. He's got some crazy numbers himself. But uh, but anyways, uh, I hope you guys like it. By all means, man, um, subscribe, post it up in your stories, give us high ratings, and uh, tell everybody because, uh, I mean, these are the stories we like bringing forth. And we'll give you the latest and greatest when it comes to all the powerlifting news. From Six Pack Lapidat and Palmer Hands and Lifts. Until next time, my friends, thanks for tuning in.